recorded minisode four which would make this episode five um welcome back um we've been talking already for like two hours so <laughs> we've lost all concept of time yeah. <laughs> yeah um i'm claire and i'm sarah and this episode is called love in the time of corona and we're going to be talking about how people on the whole, are handling dating with this uh, lovely little global pandemic we have going on right now. <laughs> so, um, Sarah and I have both already kind of talked about how we handled it in our mini-sode one. If you want to hear details, you can go back and listen to that. But let's do a really quick recap. Uh, Sarah, can you give me spark notes on how you and the plant doctor handled uh, quarantine? Um, the first, from like... March, when it started, to the end of May, we were apart and separated the entire time and did FaceTimes and phone calls and six feet apart porch dates. Um, But then we made the decision to physically be together occasionally. Um, Like, if anyone goes out of state or sees extra people, then we still stay apart for two weeks. But outside of that, we have started hanging out in person. And Wingfingers and I did kind of the opposite, where we just made the decision to be up each other's butt forever and not see anybody else. <laughs> so, so, because I live um, by myself, and he's, I mean, like, with his family unit. So, like, I don't know. It's just, I decided to take on that risk, because otherwise I would have been completely alone. And that was not good for my brain. That's part of this podcast that we're going to talk yes. about. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so to start off this episode, we came up with a little uh, a survey, and we sent it out to some people, and I got some answers back, and Sarah didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm going to read some <laughs> survey responses from my friends. I'll be here. <laughs> I'm looking for commentary, too. Okay. So, uh, uh, here's the survey we came up with, and it's, how has your dating life changed through COVID-19? And then there's two different sections. One is for if you're single or were at the start of all of this. There's a couple questions. And then there was another section for if you're in a relationship. And so, the questions for if you're single or were at the start of all this is, how has your use of dating apps gone up or down? Have you met up with any potential dates despite of COVID? If you met with anyone, was it socially distant? And if you have met up socially distant or virtually, what was the most creative date idea that you went on? Then for the if you're in a relationship part, the first one is have you and your partner quarantined together or separately? Are you and your partner both taking this equally seriously? Is one person taking it more seriously than the other? And then how has this affected you and how your partner interact and see each other? So... With that basis, I'm going to go through and read our first message. This is from my friend Nicole. Hey, Nicole. Hi. Thanks for answering my survey. Okay. So, her uh, email says, hi, friend. Here are my answers. One. Uh, So, she is in a relationship. Um, And the first one says, Thomas and I have quarantined separately. He lives and teaches in Walterboro, an hour and ten minute drive from my apartment, so he stayed at his place, but I typically see him every weekend. He's a teacher, and his school and my office are closed right, and they close right about the same time. So, that's the the quarantine together or separately, so it's kind of like separately, but And when did you receive this response? Was it before the new school year started? This was uh, mid-September. Oh, okay. All these are from, actually late September, these are September 29th. Okay, I was just curious if this would, because I think we came up with this, these questions like a while ago. Um, Oh, yeah. So I just, I I wasn't sure. Um, Yeah, so this is a response from September 29th. Okay. Which was a Tuesday at 1 p.m. (laughs) Okay. And so the second uh, question was, hang on, my phone closed, was 
are you and your partner both taking this equally seriously? Is one person taking it more seriously than the other? Her answer was, we both value public health, considering my degree is in public health. <laughs> so we're both taking this pandemic seriously. We've limited our interactions with non-immediate family. And since school has started back in September, we've had to change our schedule a little bit. But I don't, So I don't see him that often. He's a music teacher, so he video calls into his classes. So he's being safe, but we don't want to chance it. So that answers your question about school. Yes, yes, I was curious. Okay. And then the last one is, how has this affected how you and your partner interact and see each other? And so, her answer is, our relationship was very new when the pandemic hit. When the pandemic hit. About four months into our relationship. So I think it made us figure out how to have date nights while staying home. Our time is now mainly spent going on walks with Samson, who's her dog. Or watching movies with Kelly, who's her roommate and also my friend. And I have an email from her, too. <laughs> I thought, for some reason, I thought you were going to be like, who's her cat? <laughs> no. no, Kelly's a whole person, and I like her a lot. Um, she says, I'm a big homebody anyway, and I love my personal space, so I don't mind not seeing him for a week or two at a time. But I know his love language is physical affection, so even though he won't admit it, I think he's having a harder time than I am with this space. Um, and then she also sent a picture of her and Kelly's dogs, uh, Samson and Harley, which we will post on our Instagram with this um, podcast announcement. So there's that. That's fun. <laughs> I don't know why the fact that you said podcast announcement rather than just like post made me think of someone with like a trumpet release. being like, <laughs> well, you know what I mean? I couldn't think of the word on our Instagram post for this episode. If you want to see some dogs, we'll post them. Okay, next, this is from Kelly. Um, and she is single, and she also sent this on the same day. And so she answered this instead of like a one, two, three. She kind of just wrote a couple paragraphs to answer all the questions. So I will just read it to us. It says, my dating app usage has gone down dramatically since COVID started. I was talking to someone when it first started, but ended up ghosting him by the fourth week of quarantine. He suggested FaceTiming and drinking wine, and honestly, it just sounded exhausting to me. I hate FaceTime in general, and then on top of a first date, which can already be pretty awkward, I just wasn't interested. I ended up completely deleting my Hinge profile. Not the app, the entire profile. <laughs> After six months of not dating or swiping on apps, I cannot see myself going back to that. I've gotten so accustomed to the sitting at home and spending time with my friends, with masks on and in a safe setting, that it would feel like a chore to just start talking to guys again. Maybe it's the quarantine depression talking, but I just don't have the energy for boys right now, and I'm not sure if it's going to come back. I like her style. <laughs> oh, I love Kelly. I love her so much. She's just like, I, I just her. don't want to, and so I won't. <laughs> That's so nice. I haven't seen Kelly or Nicole since pre-pandemic, and I miss them. Hey, guys. <laughs> Thanks for the support. You sound really um, neat. Okay. I've never met you, are, but you sound cool. You would, Y'all would get along. They favorited my tweet today. We all hate Lindsey Graham. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tweeted today about how I wish uh, I could devote less mental space to hating Lindsey Graham, but I just think about it all the time. <laughs> My brother liked that retweet. <laughs> well, it's freaking true. God, I'm sick of that man. Anyway, let's talk about the pandemic <laughs> instead. <laughs> okay, and then I have two more. So this one is from... She's going to go by the pseudonym Clementine. She did not choose it. Uh, we assigned that to oh her. Oh, no. Wait. She was just asked to call herself Phoebe. I just reread her email. She, just kidding. Phoe Phoebe, not Clementine. <laughs> Although I really think she would like Clementine, too. I like Phoebe. Phoebe makes we'll go sense. with Phoebe. Yeah. Well, because okay, she asked. So be <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Phoebe. We didn't mean to mess that up. I'm illiterate, turns out. Um, so <laughs> turns out Claire's been she making all these answers up because she can't read what's actually written <laughs> Oh, Kelly said this. We love her. Just kidding. It's me. I'm a liar. Okay. So uh, Phoebe writes, this is from October 9th. So a couple days later. Um, and she says, here you go. Please do not use my name. Call me Phoebe. <laughs> That's like the first sentence. And I'm like, we're going to call her. Anyway, whatever. She goes, I have a terrible memory, but I do not think I was too active on dating apps when all of this started. Definitely was on some though. Bumble and Hinge. I'd actually just gotten out of a relationship. Not even a couple months before lockdown started. So mid-March. So like right before yeah. when shit hit the fan. <laughs> anyway, she goes, I ended up being set up by one of the middle-aged dog-walking ladies in my neighborhood <laughs> with a super cute neighbor, and we did meet up at the beginning of May outside at our apartment complex. It's a really pretty area overlooking the march, and we did side hug, <laughs> LOL. 
However, we did keep seeing each other and did not social distance. He is handsome and sweet, and I could not help myself. <laughs> He's in the army and is training once a month. But they take though they take precautions. At first, I was still a bit nervous being with him when he came back because of a number of different people he had been around. After a while, though, I just knew I would be around him, even if I was scared, and so I let go a bit on that anxiety. Not that I don't take the virus seriously, because I do. Um, though, oh, though we didn't work out as a romantic pair, we are still friends and hang out. When we go out, almost never, we sit outside at restaurants. And I know that she lives by herself as well, so I think that's probably uh, part of the reason, because I was also like, uh, fuck it, I can either go crazy or... <laughs> it's just gonna work. Just you know, take a risk, and so I get it. I I totally empathize with her point there. But I'm very curious about this last sentence because I'm pretty sure when I spoke to her last, this man was still a character in her life, and I've talked to her <laughs> after I got this email. So I'm interested to see. I guess maybe I guess they're still friends. Anyway, so <laughs> there's that, and then I have one last one that I have to find in my text messages. And so this last one is from Tucker, who I know listens on a regular basis. Hey, Tucker, what's up? Hi. Um, <laughs> she, this is so funny because I'll give you the scoop on Tucker after I answer this. This is from September 29th as well. Can you tell that's the day I texted everybody to follow up? <laughs> okay. So this, she was single at the time. And it says, my use in dating apps has gone up since COVID. I only had Bubble downloaded before COVID, and I wasn't using it with any regularity. I started spending more time on it after I moved across state lines. Um, side note, she was living in Georgia, and she moved um, to my apartment complex in <gasps> June. That's exciting. Or, yeah, we're neighbors. She worked with me this summer. She's my good friend. Oh, that's so like fun. Her. Yeah, I'm it's jealous. Nice. It's really nice. Because <laughs> she also lives by herself, and so it's nice. It's, we're friends. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, what, oh, after I moved across state lines, I was using Bumble and Hinge to meet people in the area as well, and as well as have something to do in quarantine. And then she says, I've gone on two dates. The first date was socially distanced at the beach, and there were very few other people, and we sat away from each other and talked for an hour. The second date I did was not socially distanced. This was the same guy, though. However, we had been talking for over a month, and we had met for a virtual... No, this is a different guy. Hmm. <laughs> Well, I know she went on two dates with the first guy. <laughs> and, uh, You're and like, I, I have the scoop. <laughs> I have the scoop. I know she went on two dates with the first guy, and the second date wasn't socially distanced. But this is a different... She went on a... I know who this is as well. She went on a date with the second guy. The second date I did was not socially distanced. However, we had been talking for a month, and we had met for a virtual fa met for virtual FaceTime dates. And then we met in person, and neither one of us had been around for people... We had met in person, <laughs> neither one of us had been around other people for two weeks. And that's where she left it. But I know now that the guy from the virtual dates is now her boyfriend. Oh, so it worked yeah. out. It did work out. They talked for like a month before they met up and he was quarantining and she was like, I mm -hmm. I feel confident about their safety level <laughs> in seeing each other. But I know, calling you out, call out post, that she had a non-socially distanced second date with a the other guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it turned out fine. <laughs> but he was a real weirdo. And I'll have her on the podcast to talk about him sometime. <laughs> anyway, that's all I have as far as uh, responses to the survey. Thank you, everybody, for applying. Um, also, I think I have one from my friend Thomas, who is not the Thomas who's dating Nicole, just a different guy I know named Thomas. And I can't find it, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether you're apologizing to the listeners, to Thomas. <laughs> to Thomas. Sorry, I don't think everyone. he listens. <laughs> I don't think he listens, but I really did bug him a lot about it. Because I wanted him to write in because I know he's dating a girl. And I know they moved in together officially <laughs> during quarantine. And I wanted him to talk about that. But I don't know if he actually ever sent it or... Because I found a text message conversation where I was like, where he was going to send it and he asked what email to send it to. But I checked all of my possible emails, which would be the podcast one, the old podcast one, and my email. And I can't find anything from him. So, I don't know. Oopsie whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what are your thoughts on 
all those letters, Sarah. I liked the like the variety that you got, like the different responses, like someone having kind of like a fresher relationship, but it had still started before the pandemic and kind of navigating the beginning parts of your relationship transitioning into like the pandemic, someone being completely single and just like not giving a fuck and not wanting to put in the effort of dating apps, which I completely understand. Cause I feel that exhaustion so deeply. Yeah. Like sh- just hanging out and having, and like, it's a vibe. <laughs> I vibe with that one, even though I'm in a happily committed relationship. <laughs> Me too. I'm like, I feel your, I feel that feeling. Yeah, no, I'm like, that was like the first 24, 25 years of my life. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, and like, just like the two people like going on dates and it turning out differently and like how they like navigated those waters. I thought that was all very interesting. And I really appreciate your friends actually stepping up and um, sending us answers. Well, I gotta be honest, I, I can't even remember if I annoying. for sure sent it or if I just started to send it and then I, like, forgot about it. ADHD. But, um, yeah. You know what we should have done? Is we should have posted that on, on our Instagram. <sighs> we still can. Hindsight 2020. Yeah. We'll just yeah. do this episode again. <laughs> the no, pen. we'll just post. We'll read. If anybody sends in, we'll read it for the, a mini sub. Yeah. We'll post we'll post that uh, survey on our um, our announcement too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in true two girls one brain style, we've also done uh, some research, and uh, our BFF Psychology Today has um, some has thoughts. An article, and I'm gonna let Sarah kind of take the wheel on this one. So, heads up, Claire actually found all of these articles, but it has been a little while, so we split up rereading them. <laughs> and these are the ones that I reread. <laughs> um, so, the first one's from, as she just mentioned, Psychology Today, our BFF. Um, not an ad, not sponsored. <laughs> but we would, though. <laughs> Um, the title of the article is Love in the Time of Corona. How do we keep our relationships from being destroyed by the coronavirus? Very intense mm-hmm. subheader there. Um, it's by Melanie Joy, PhD. Um, yeah, and so essentially this article just kind of talks about how, like, it has a point in it towards the beginning where it mentions, like, relationship breakdown has become its own pandemic. I didn't, like, obviously it's still, like, relationships are incredibly important to, like, people's lives and, like, how people interact with others and themselves and all of these different things. But, like, I feel like she did often dramatize. I don't know, like, she would often be, like, like, the sick and dying of, like, coronavirus and, like, the sick and dying relationships. And I'm like, yeah, but, like, dying for realsies is different than your relationship dying. <laughs> yeah. So, so, like, I could understand, like, I like, a little bit, but also... When you can fix in one, it's just too late. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, she mentioned how, um... There's, like, kind of these acute relational stressors people are experiencing because you, if you're in a relationship and you either, like, live together or you've agreed to, like, see each other a lot, um, you are now, like, stuck with your partner (laughs) all the time or you are being, like, kept away from your partner all the time if you live incredibly far apart or if you, um, like, live with immunocompromised people or, like, elderly people or people that you just, like, certainly do not want to take any risk whatsoever, um, and you're staying away from each other, that can cause a lot of relational stress. Um, and so people are feeling like psychologically, emotionally destabilized. Um, and so, and also she mentions how our normal coping mechanisms have kind of been taken away. So like in normal circumstances, like if you get in a little like tiff with your partner, you can maybe go to the gym or like go like get a drink with a friend or like do anything outside or with people or with others and now you can't really do that so it's kind of like there's just no relief really from these types of things um and she was mentioning how like minor grievances 
could be seen as like major triggers and things can kind of get blown out of proportion a little bit more um, just because of the stress everyone is under. And so the rest of the article kind of talks about building resilience in your relationship and it's all about building um, or increasing security and kind of making sure that your partner and yourself feel physically and emotionally secure. Um, And so it's kind of asking yourself questions like, what do I need to do in order to feel more secure? What do I need to do to feel more connected? And then thinking about also those questions and how your partner would answer them. Um, And so things that she mentions that could help are like, for instance, for feeling more physically secure, like if your partner asks you, if you live together and your partner asks you to maybe do like an extra step Um, of decontamination like use Perel every single time like you come into the house from like being outside like even if you think that might be like a little extra they're like you should that's something you can compromise on to make them feel more physically secure and like ease a little bit of their stress um, which would help your relationship and so it's kind of all about giving everyone the benefit of the doubt not being like oh I'm seeing their true colors and they're a terrible person it's kind of like if your relationship was already built on like trust and respect and now it's just like more tense and you're feeling a lot more stressed, like don't think you're like, Oh, I'm seeing their true colors. Just kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. Be like, ah, we're all in an incredibly stressful, um, unprecedented situation. And I should give them a little bit more trust in that and like help them feel a little bit more secure and they will do the same for me. And that is how, we become resilient. <laughs> That's uh, very relevant to me and my relationship because I am always a little bit of an anxious person, but this pandemic has really exacerbated that because a lot of the source of my anxiety has to do with like control and needing to be in control of things. And if anything uh, has uh, become, you know, uh, evident, it's that. I have no control over anything, and so I've been really kind of spiraling. It was really worse when I was working from home and, like, like not seeing anybody mm-hmm. except for uh, wing fingers, but I've really needed him to have a lot more patience with me, and I need, uh, like, it's funny that they're talking about Purell, because I've already been, like, a hand sanitizer girl <laughs> pre-pandemic, and now I'm, like, touch one thing, hand sanitizer, touch a second thing, hand sanitizer, and I'm, like putting it on his hands and he's like I already just did it and I'm like doesn't matter do it again and (laughs) I don't know it just felt very relevant about needing to feel physically secure because that's all I could control (laughs) yeah so is it is I can't talk yes it was essentially like it's like if that's something that'll help them feel better and it's not something that's like obviously like crossing a line or anything crazy then like what why not like why not do that to help them feel (laughs) better like why not clorox like the counter a little bit more frequently (laughs) oh at my office i've been uh clorox i've been like wiping all the doorknobs and light switches and the fridge handle and the microwave buttons and there's only four of us in our office like period and the other two guys who aren't in my, like, the other two guys are like, how often are you going to do that? And I'm like, twice a day. <laughs> like, I'm just going to keep doing this. And they think we're crazy because my coworker who shares an office with me and I are, like, constantly wiping down keyboards and telephones. And, like, we were already kind of like this before. So we're both just spiraling with the cleaning bill. Fun. <laughs> I'd share that. <laughs> You're like, so it's me. That article was written about me. <laughs> that article's about me. Have you seen Frozen 2? I haven't. It's funny you say that, though, because oh. yesterday I was thinking about watching it. <laughs> okay, well, um, I have thoughts on it, but that's not what I was going to get into. There's this one part where Olaf is playing with... I don't remember who. He's playing with somebody, and he is like a child, and he's like... Oh, he says, we're calling this controlling what you can when things feel out of control. <laughs> That's Claire. Claire is yeah. Olaf. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <sighs> That's, anyway, so 
I thought that was a very relevant article. What's your next one, Sarah? The next one that I reread recently was... (laughs) (laughs) Coronavirus has changed online dating. Here's why some say that's a good thing. Um, It's from PBS News, and it's by Courtney Venopel. Courtney Venopel. Venopel. I'm so sorry, Courtney. (laughs) So... Essentially, there's a lot of, uh, it interviews a few different people about their experiences. It kind of starts with an anecdote about this woman who um, hadn't been really using dating apps very much. She had had Bumble, but like didn't really like use it too often. And so she decided during quarantine, because she's bored and at home, she'd get back on Bumble and basically... Like, things went well. (laughs) Um, And she was like, I'm not really... Like, they did, like, virtual dates, and they did socially distant dates and, like, walks and stuff like that. Um, And she was essentially like, I'm not really used to someone making this much effort, and it's kind of nice, and we've gotten to know each other really well. Um, And so it kind of started with that uh, little anecdote. And then um, it started talking about how, essentially, uh, people using dating apps has gone way up. (laughs) And then put some statistics out there um and just in general it mentioned how a study of stanford school a study by stanford school of humanities and sciences found that 39 percent of heterosexual couples reported meeting online in 2017 compared with 22 percent in 2009 um and the number was even higher for same-sex couples that year 60 percent of whom reported meeting online in 2017 um and then so for the pandemic it started mentioning how um, since March, okay, Cupid users going on a virtual date has increased. I think it said seven hundred percent. So, <laughs> so quite a bit, some would say. <laughs> and then it mentioned um a dating app for the gay male community that I hadn't heard of, which kind of makes sense because I am not a gay male, but I like still know about Grinder, even though I'm not a gay man. Yeah, and but it's called it's called um Hornet. Oh, I don't know that I one. I didn't know that one. And it says Hornet. I only know two. <laughs> it says... <laughs> the other one's <laughs> Hornet, which caters to the gay male community, has seen a 30% increase in social feed engagement since social distance... Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Has seen a 30% increase in social feed engagement since social distancing measures began in mid-March. Um, then it mentions how... Tinder reported that it saw more engagement on March 29th than any other day in its history with <laughs> with more than 3 billion users swiping to connect with people. Um, so that sounded insane to me. Uh, I don't know why March 29th was like the day. Um, I guess it's because everyone's states like the US was chaotic and never had a national um, lockdown order. And so they left it up because to different... Because March 29th, I'm looking at the calendar, was a Saturday, and it was two weeks after we've been... Uh, the 13th is when things shut down in our, the USA. Well, well, to the degree that they did. <laughs> and... Um, or at least based off of these articles that I've been reading, that's the date everyone's citing. And the 29th is the second Saturday after that. So everybody's yeah, because I had to, a week, I had and to, then they were like, okay. <laughs> I defined, um, for one of the studies we were doing, um, the start and end date, like every state's start and end dates, if they had a statewide um, stay-at-home order. And um, obviously, incredibly varying start and end dates, state yeah. by state. But I'm assuming by that point, a majority of states like um, were implementing at least some kind of uh lockdown measures yeah south carolina it was like when wingfinger's birthday it was the day after and so that is exactly that day (laughs) so like (laughs) that is does that make any sense what i said (laughs) that's when everything shut down like restaurants and stuff were closed Mm -hmm. in at least in charleston and that was the 29th and that was the day Tinder reported the most engagement it ever saw, ever. So that's just... Bars were closed. Tinder's open. <laughs> oh, that's a good ad. Somebody hire me. 
<laughs> Psychology Today, Tinder, hire us. <laughs> These are our strong suits, honestly. Um, and then it also just kind of mentioned um, there's been increases in percentage of people willing to video chat for dates, just like in general. As well, there's been increases in people who would agree to be in an exclusive relationship before ever meeting in person, which I thought was interesting. Because um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I would be able to do that. But obviously, I have not been in that situation. So it's hard to say. Hmm. I think that I could, like, non-officially, like, I could not be talking to anybody else, but I would not call somebody my boyfriend until I kiss them. Because what if they're gross? What if they smell weird? <laughs> it's all about smells for this girl in South Carolina. That's how I imagine your, like, tagline would read in this article. <laughs> Okay, but, like, <laughs> smell is important, and we'll get into that on a subsequent episode. Um, Pheromones and shit. Anyway, go ahead. What did you just say? Pheromones oh, and shit. I thought you said Sarah smells like shit. <laughs> and I was like, okay, poor well, dog. <laughs> you're subconscious. Um, like, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Yeah, but like the whole when it when it said exclusive relationship, that's what got me. Like I would definitely a- agree to be like saying that like I'm seeing someone and like not really talking to anyone else, but it would be hard for me to like put a hard and fast like we are boyfriend and girlfriend, we are exclusive. This is serious. I would not type thing <laughs> if we had never met up in person. Um That just feels like big catfish potential and I'm not here for it. I know. I'm like scarred from that movie show, and those or, show that yeah. like that show. I've never seen the movie, the documentary. I saw it, because didn't it come out in, like, 2009 or 2010? I think I had mono, and I watched it when I was at home with mono. (laughs) I want to find it. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, um, so they mention um, an evolutionary biologist and sex researcher at the Kinsey Institute in this article, and um, his name is Justin Garcia. He talks about how, um, he talks about a term that I hadn't heard before, which I thought was interesting, and I thought it would have come up in some of the literature review I had to do for (laughs) um, stress management and, like, all of this stuff during COVID-19 for this study that I'm working on, but I never saw it. (laughs) Um, And it's terror management theory. Um, which apparently <laughs> which apparently suggests that people evaluate their environments and social interactions differently when faced with their own mortality. Um, and he was saying that it may explain why singles have been more open to trying new things during this period. Um, so I thought that was very interesting. And I was glad they put it in there because I was like, boop, 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 new fact. Um, <laughs> I like that your brain makes that noise. Fact. New fact gained. Plus one intelligence. <laughs> That's what goes on in my brain. I'm essentially a sim. Um, <laughs> we all are. <laughs> we're in a simulation. It's fine. Um, anyways, back to this article. <laughs> um, it also, essentially, like the people interviewed in the article were saying that their experiences with um online dating virtual dating going on stuff like that it's essentially more intimate than experiences they've had in the past you kind of really have to get to know the person because you're just like talking face to face a lot more um and there's kind of this slow burn in the relationship Mm -hmm. and it's been increasing the amount of time people are in the courtship dating stage more so people are saying they kind of feel like we're moving forward to like the past because now we have to like talk more and hang out more and be physically distant and not have like not go straight to like the physical parts of relationships. Um, and so that's probably good. Yeah, I was like, that's kind of nice. That's nice for me. <laughs> and um, people also were quoted saying that they feel kind of more inclined to talk about their priorities and what they want out of a relationship earlier on. Um, and they think that that might be something they'll carry with them outside of like the pandemic they're like i think i'm gonna be like more upfront about this type of stuff and think more like sincere seriously (laughs) my new term i like that word (laughs) that's it's like i want to have a really serious talk (laughs) i like it it's genuine and it's serious (laughs) um 
about like their own priorities and what they want out of like relationships and being upfront with people about that type of stuff. Um, and then it also mentioned on the flip side, people who were previously kind of happy being single and being alone, um, and didn't really necessarily want a relationship might be feeling even more alone (laughs) and, uh, might start Mm -hmm. desiring companionship because either they're like touch deprived, they just feel like kind of confined and isolated and bored. Um, and it's just kind of like magnified because it's not like they're choosing not to see people that they can't. And that includes, like, maybe just, like, regular friends or family and stuff. So even if you're happy being single, you might just feel extra alone, um, which is particularly difficult. Um, And it's how that could be a problem for people. So, yeah, that was that article. Okay. Well, my first article is very similar to that one you just summarized. This one is from Forbes.com. So it takes a little bit of a different approach to that same thing because it's going to talk about like money more so but it's uh it's called coronavirus is changing online dating permanently and this is by abram brown um i think this came out in may but i don't see a date it just cites may as like the present so (laughs) this was released line by line over the entire month of may (laughs) (laughs) anyway so this is it opens in a really weird setting that it doesn't really explain it says 60 faces stare back at uh dawoon kang each one enclosed in a neat square as she kicks off a zoom call scheduled for 8 p.m sharp um and they're all members of coffee meets bagel which is a dating app that we talked about and it doesn't it says that kang co-founded and runs it but they weren't like this is a business meeting it was just like they're all members of coffee meets bagel the dating app and i'm like okay so is this a support group are they having a large group date it doesn't say what this is i think it may be some kind of meeting of employees we've pulled together 60 people who like coffee and (laughs) bagels (laughs) but anyway this article goes on to talk about kind of how dating apps are evolving in order to try to keep people engaged and to kind of make up for the fact that people can't meet up face to face and are doing more virtual dating and stuff like that sorry this is um, i don't mean to interrupt but that just makes me think about how often i see tinder comment like the tinder tiktok comment on people's videos <laughs> mm-hmm. um and i feel like they're increasing their online presence outside of oh like, I would think. just like regular adverts <laughs> for sure yeah i think so so um Basically, it goes on to talk about how a lot of the apps are creating new video-based features within the app because what people used to do is go on the app and then go meet in person, but now it's like go on the app and then get on Zoom or FaceTime or some other like source to like talk to them and they're like, how can we keep them on the app longer interacting with this kind of stuff? Um, They started talking about how Grindr started providing phone sex tips on there there's like a section like on the what? app where it's like it's like how to do a fantasy things to say little phrases questions to ask you're in the jungle and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> there's a jaguar <laughs> watch out <laughs> anyway sorry <laughs> you're in the jungle that's funny okay but um this I thought was really interesting. It says Match has a toll-free hotline for people struggling to figure out a virtual date. And I wrote a little note, and I was like, this is telling about their demographic. <laughs> it is. Like, because, it kind of just yeah. sounds like you, like, don't know how to use your phone. It's <laughs> like, I keep getting locked out. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> you got into your passcode. Like, okay, yeah, uh-huh. Darlene. figure this out. <laughs> Darling. So, yeah, I it'd be very interesting to look up the age demographic on these dating apps, but I haven't done that, so maybe we'll talk about that later. But, yeah, Match uh, has that. Um, Bumble is the only app that presently has an in-app video chat, and it had this before, but it saw a 93% spike in usage from March 13th to March 27th. That feels so right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So right the, before Tinder's biggest day, Bumble was ramping up. Because, like, who would video chat on Bumble? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I just didn't – I never used that one as much. 
that I... I hated Bumble. <laughs> I hated them all, but Bumble was the worst because I had to be, like, initiative about... Like, I had to be, like... You had to take I'm the initiative. The and... Yeah, and, and I just, just remember. So... Just, like, remember to message people because it goes it was, away. Like, so apathetic. Yeah, it goes away. But I also just, like, didn't feel strongly about any of those guys, so I would be, like... It's a chore. It's not fun. Anyway, I'm so glad I don't have to do that anymore. Um, but video chat, I was just thinking about this and I only video chatted one time with a guy from an app before I met him. And I think he might've been from Hinge. I don't remember. It doesn't really matter, but it was the freaking weirdest thing because we had been talking and it was nighttime and he was like, let's, let's video chat. And I was like, I'm in my pajamas and I'm wearing my glasses. And he was like, that's fine. And so I looked like a not good, and so, and I just decided that I didn't care. And I th- and I video chatted him, and we talked, and he was basically like, "Let's go out this week." And I was like, "I'm busy. You have to make a date like next week." And then he got annoyed that I was busy, and I'm like, "I didn't know you existed until this afternoon. Why would I clear my? Sk- I don't know. I just that's the only thing I think about when I think about video chatting was this one weird time with this guy. I think his name was Dallas." So, tells you all you need to know. (laughs) Yeah, so mm, there's that. Anyway, but Bumble is seeing uh, success with their video chat feature, and their average call time has, they didn't say what it was before, but they said it's gone up to 30 minutes a call is the new average call time. So there's that. Um, Also, you kind of touched on this, but Tinder usage is up 10 to 15% across the entire United States still. Well, still. This is in May. I don't know. They haven't updated it. It's November now. Who knows? Um, I know. I'd actually be curious to see if it's, like, leveled out because it's been so long, you know? So, that's kind of how this article ends. I'm going to talk about that right now, but then I need to go back to touch on some other stuff. But since you brought it up, the dating apps in general are really worried about the dip after the pandemic because they're like, everybody's going to have first off they're basically like everybody's putting in the time and work right now so they're all gonna find somebody (laughs) and they're gonna be able to go outside and see people in real life again and they're not gonna be on the app as much so they're like this is not sustainable and we know that and we need to figure out a way to capitalize on this and so it's basically talking about like how to do that but they're like we thrive on loneliness and heartbreak Um, and unfortunately we've been successful at pairing people together (laughs) That's kind of their whole thing. <laughs> um, but then it goes back. Oh, here's another thing. We're talking about the new features that apps are adding. Plenty of Fish has added a live stream feature. Like, you know how you can go live on Facebook? Plenty of Fish has had that. And I wrote lots of potential for yuck. <laughs> I'm confused. So, like, you're live you streaming just... your virtual dates so others... Nope, you could just... You could just go live. Be like, hey, what's up? I'm going live here on Plenty of Fish. Oh, um, so it's just you going live I... and your yeah. matches can see it. Yes, yes, Oh, correct. I hate that so much more. I think it's I think. bad. I think there's going to be so many penises. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. I think that's a terrible idea. I think you have to be incredibly bold to just start talking into the void and yeah. live streaming it to all these people you've never met. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds awful. Anyway, I'm not... Yeah, there's that. Anyway, it also talks about how um, virtual dates on the whole have gone up. People are doing a lot of virtual happy hours, and that has translated to a lot of virtual dates. Like, let's just both drink in our own houses and FaceTime, Mm -hmm. which I've done with friends, and that's kind of fine. Um, And then they talk about an Animal Crossing date. There's one couple that they're kind of following a little bit in this article. And they met up in Animal Crossing and used the in-chat, or in-game chat feature to talk, and they built a little orchard together. That and is so the, cute. I know! And they're going to do it again, and they were like, yeah, it was really nice. So, that's fun and pleasant. Um, and that's pretty much it for this Forbes article. It was a little bit redundant to the one that you just uh, looked at, but it was from the app's perspective instead of the... Yours, mine was about people. Yours was about capitalism. (laughs) Well, my this was from Forbes. (laughs) I'm just saying these are the differences. Yes, you're right. Correct. Yes. 
Okay, and then the last article that we have is another Psychology Today article, and it's called The Impact of Social Isolation and Loneliness. And I, I don't know if I read this initially when I picked it or if I just was like, yep, this is a good choice because this is a topic that's relevant. But I found it's mostly about old people, um, <laughs> which is a little bit less relevant than I was hoping it would be. But I'll go ahead and we're tell you all, what it said. I, no, you know what? That's not even true. I was like, we're all going to be old someday. That's technically not true. Anything <gasps> could sad. happen. I know. Uh, <laughs> so, so strike that from the record <laughs> and continue on with your discussion. Okay, well, this one's also from May. And it opens up talking about this woman, Dolly, who's a senior who lives alone, and she misses playing bridge with her friends since the shelter in place has taken That's so sad. I know. And she's, like, hasn't had any social interaction, and it's taking a toll on her mental health, and she feels loneliness and depressed. And I'm like, that's really sad. And then it goes on to say that one-third of adults over the age of 45 feel lonely. And then one in five Americans overall feel lonely or socially isolated is that just like, like right, is that like, in normal times or is that just right now um this i believe is just right now okay it doesn't say it doesn't specifically say but i think this is with the covid19 it says while covid19 has amplified it even before the oh so this is just in general Aww. even before the crisis there's just like a lot of lonely people and a lot of people have felt more comfortable talking about it because of covid like it's become more of like a universal thing so like people who were lonely before but one in five u.s adults just in general feel lonely we need our lord and savior justin bieber to oh, use his powers that's not where I... to make one less lonely girl <laughs> but oh, amplify oh, that <laughs> yeah how do you make <laughs> one in five less lonely girls <laughs> And only you get five friends together, he can only make one of them less lonely. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're all five together, they're all five, they should be less lonely. Um, but actually, that's an interesting thing, because one of the points in this article is social isolation is not the same as loneliness. They're not mutually exclusive, and they um, aren't, like, mutually inclusive either. So, like, social isolation means lack of social contacts. And loneliness is the feeling of being alone. So you can be socially isolated, but just, like, content. And well, you can that's, also like, the be... whole, like, thing that everyone yeah. always says, like, you can feel lonely in a crowd full of people type thing. Yeah, like, you exactly. can feel lonely anywhere. Um, it's more about connection than physical proximity to people. <sighs> so, there's that. And, um, this talks about... The Kaiser Family Foundation, which I don't really know who they are or what they do, but they did a study where they found that 45% of adults in the United States worry, or, or they say that worry and stress related to the pandemic are having a negative effect on their mental health, which, like, the other 55% aren't having a bad time. <laughs> I guess I wonder if they mean, like, that it's so much that it's, like, hindering them like in some way do you know what i mean or if it's something where like yeah. the other people are like yeah like obviously you recognize it sucks but like i've adapted like that type of thing where they're like <laughs> yeah it's stressful and like it sucks and things have changed but like i'll be okay whereas other people are like no this is genuinely giving me a lot of stress and anxiety <laughs> probably but i was just like hmm so more than half of people are just fine i know like who are you that you're just like <laughs> Things have changed, but <laughs> it's still red over here. <laughs> like, <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Um, it talks about how the economy is also adding to that stress, which I is definitely true. Um, and then here's some really depressing stats. Are you ready? I'm glad we're ending on this note. <laughs> on this yeah, yeah. I should have done this like in the middle. I guess I don't know. It says there haven't been a lot of effects on the short or a lot of studies on the effects of short-term isolation and loneliness, but high levels uh, have a 50% increased risk of dementia. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, there's that. And depression and loneliness account for 4% of the dementia occurrence. So, basically, if you can keep, like, yourself happy and, you know, connected, 
you are four percent less likely to have dementia. Is that how those stats work? I don't know. <laughs> I I'm don't trying know. to spin this positive. <laughs> um, anyway, I was hoping to find some more information on younger people. But mostly this is just, like, old people don't know how to video chat. So that's, <laughs> that's kind funny, of what... but, like, just the way... <laughs> Essentially, all in all, we learned old people don't know how to video chat. Well, that's what it says. It's, like, um, it's like younger people and, like, people who live with other people. It says 28% of older adults live alone. And so they don't have people to, like their social circles are small in general and then they can't see each other and also they don't know how to zoom or facetime or anything and they don't have anybody to show them so that's a bummer checking on your grandma i'd have to go to the graveyard for that (laughs) oh that's that's dark um we can cut that out It's okay. ending this on far too dark of a note. We just kept getting darker and darker. <laughs> well, that's it, though. That's all I have. <laughs> and that's all we have. <laughs> Remember how I told y'all I was going to post a picture of dogs on our Instagram? We're still going to do that to bring this up a little bit. And uh, I don't know. Things are rough, man. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. One bright spot. I got my cat a cat tower and she's been using it and it's been making me so happy because the first like day or two she refused to use it at all. But through the power of catnip, um, I've (laughs) trained her to use it. And now even without the catnip, she's been using it and climbing on it and it makes me happy. I bet if you had a pet for all these old people, they would be less lonely. And the pets would have a home. Yes, so we need to come up with an organization that pairs pets with old people. I bet that exists. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's out there. Um, if anybody knows an organization that pairs pets with old people that needs some volunteers, let us know. We will um, broadcast you to our four regular listeners. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Get the word out. And then the sporadic ones. I haven't looked in a long time, but once upon a time we had one listener in New Zealand. One time. <laughs> one time. So We miss you. They listen. <laughs> yeah. What's it like living in a country that has coronavirus under control? <laughs> oh my god. The dream. I wish. Mm. <sighs> Alright. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for sticking with us. We are... Oh, did you what are your, your thoughts, Pika? <laughs> You have thoughts? Does she speak? Oh. Head empty? Okay. <laughs> well, anyway. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. We are glad that you stuck with us, and we are so grateful for you. We will be at you next week with another mini-sode. Subscribe, rate, like, um, whatever Claire yeah. said in the order that she said it last time. <laughs> I think I said subscribe, subscribe, rate, (laughs) subscribe, rate, and review. Please, that's how you can help us out. Yeah. Okay. Thanks again. We're we're not used to saying that. It feels very um, forced and different. So now we don't know how to end it now that we have that in there. So bye. Bye. Bye.